Welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Heather Jalad, and I am here with my friend Gannon. Hey, Gannon. Hey, Heather. It's great being with you. It is great to be with you as well. Now, I am um, I'm super excited for everybody to hear today from our guest. I know that um, I told Gannon before uh, we we pushed record uh, that I went back and watched his conversation with with Graham Cray, and um, because I had never seen the man in action before, uh, unfortunately, but I was intrigued by his books that were behind him, and the one that caught my eye immediately was um, Bowie about David Bowie. And I did not know the backstory behind Graham Cray, but, um, and, and I'll let you say a little bit about that in just a minute, but y'all stay tuned because you need to know this about Graham Cray. And then the other thing that, that really kind of, um, resonated with me and kind of listening back to your conversation was, um, uh, what he said about the church the, and, and the gathered church. He said, the church is a community of disciples on mission with Jesus that also gather and, um, and, and how we sometimes get those things switched around, right? The gathering of people that are on mission with Jesus. And, and but first and foremost, that, that we are a community of disciples on mission with Jesus that also gather. There were a lot of gold nuggets in this. I think people, if you're like on your treadmill or in your car or going for a walk, you're going to want to re-listen to this and take some notes because I know I did. Gannon, what really kind of struck you from the the conversation that you have with, with Graham Cray? Well, Heather, Graham is one of the sages of the Fresh Expressions International movement. Um, it, it went uh, international largely because, I mean, Graham never intended uh, for it to be the case, but, but international mm-hmm. partners kept asking, you know, for what, what is the Church of England doing? What is Fresh Expressions doing? How do we get involved? A lot of international groups were visiting, including uh us, uh, my colleague, our colleague, Chris Backert and others. And so, um, you know, we, we owe a lot to, uh, Graham. Graham was kind of a, a you know, an overseer and, and kind of counselor and confidant for us in the, in the early days. And, you know, as his love, I mean, you mentioned the David Bowie book. I mean, I mean he, <laughs> he, he got into new forms of church. I mean, he was a, he was a classic rocker, man. He was, um, he loves music and he, he knew that, a church had to reach uh, the folks that played the music that he loves. Mm. And that's one of the things that drew him into this new missiological reality. So Graham, you know, is a, as a, it's a priest in the church of England, a, an academic in his own right, Bishop um, in the church and, and one of the leaders of fresh expressions. So um, he will give us a, um, and, and continues to give us a new imaginative possibility for the church. And we've got to stay mm-hmm. in it. We've got to stay yeah. curious. And that's what he spurs us along to. And then Graham will give us um, in the conversation, gives us a little bit of the history and backstory of, you know, the theological underpinnings of fresh expressions, you know, the, the, the work of uh, the, a British missionary to the Indian subcontinent, Leslie Newbegin, a huge influence in Fresh Expressions. Also, we talk a little bit about John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement in our own country, did revivals in England in the, in the 80s and 90s. And, and there's a lot of people kind of influenced uh, by these streams of, of, of 
mission and evangelism and even yeah. a life in the spirit. So um, it's it's a great conversation. I think you'll enjoy it as we lean into fresh expressions in the mission of God with uh, Bishop Graham Cray. I want to welcome you back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I'm Gannon Sims, and I'm joined by uh, my friend, uh, Bishop Graham Cray. Uh, Graham uh, served for uh, several years as the leader of the Fresh Expressions team in the UK. Previous to that, he was Bishop of Maidstone. He's been a a, uh, principal at Ridley College, Cambridge, and an an advocate uh, for Fresh Expressions. In fact, uh, Graham, you were the... the, uh, author and originator, or at least leader of the uh, the the team that wrote the report t- to suggest the uh, emergence of fresh expressions as a movement. Were you not? I, I, absolutely, I was. Yes. Uh, little did we know when we thought we were writing a report for a national church board that the Holy <laughs> Spirit was launching a movement. But uh, we caught on fairly quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and now that movement has spread, I was I was actually um, I've been been in communication with with folks in Australia right now, and mm-hmm. and you know f- folks on the UK team and and folks in South Africa. There's a there is quite an international movement that you yeah. you even sort of flipped the switch on and gave permission for uh, fresh expressions to to even uh, be conceived internationally. So um, we wouldn't be having this conversation about fresh expressions. <laughs> without uh, your your leadership. Well, it's my um, pleasure to do some traveling and sharing some vision. That was, uh, Germany as well, other places. It's yep. amazing where it's taken root. It is. We've even we've got some traction on Denmark and, and all the Scandinavian countries. So it's um, it, it's fun to see uh, how 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 it's taking shape. Uh, and as we say, the the structure of all of these things must always submit to the spirit. Um, so I'm, I'm interested if you could just give us a, a bit of your own background just to catch, yeah. uh, our audience up, uh, on, on your background and story and how uh, you got involved in the fresh expressions movement. Uh, surely, uh, I committed my life to Jesus as a little boy in the Bible class. I uh, thought I was going to be a school teacher and Jesus decided I was going to be a minister in the church of England which I've been for more than 50 years now. Uh, But the whole Fresh Expressions thing, if I'm honest, it begins with my love of rock music. Now, you've probably not heard that one before. Uh, I, as a teenager and still today, have all sorts of bands that I love to follow. And then I was studying theology at university. I was in my first year. We all went off to a conference. And a man called Francis Schaeffer gave some talks about how Western culture had developed and why it was the shape it was and how we could critique it as Christians. And he had a friend called Ruckmarker, who was a professor of modern art, but who loved jazz and blues and things like that. And it occurred to me that the sort of high art critique from a Christian basis they were doing I could do about the music I loved. And I I still actually do that sometimes, but that's how it began. But music is just one part of the culture that shapes us and that we live in. So increasingly, I began to read social studies on culture, you know, and and then along came this man, Leslie Newbigan, who came back from uh, decades of mission work in India and said, the West is the big mission field now. 
and began this movement called Gospel and Culture. Uh, I engaged in that substantially, uh, taught about it and so on. Uh, I initially as a pastor in the church in York, eventually as the principal of a college training ministers for the Church of England. But the more I thought about gospel and culture, the more I was facing the question, what sort of churches do we need to be and we need to have to engage with this culture? And I became increasingly aware that a lot of what we did traditionally had a growing cultural distance with the way so many people people were. Uh, so I became very supportive of people doing various sorts of church planting. Uh, then, to prove God's sense of humor, they made me a bishop. And within two years had decided the Church of England needed a new report about changing culture and planting churches. And all of those have to be shared by a bishop with that sort of church. And the lot fell upon Graham Cray. So I found myself with a, a group of others writing a report that on the very last day I decided would be called Mission Shaped Church. It was chairman's decision from a few options. In it, we coined the term fresh expression. It was a report to our national synod, our national government of the Church of England. We had no idea how it would be received. And it was overwhelmingly received. Uh, the other key thing that happened was we just had a change of archbishop. And uh, we had Rowan Williams coming from Wales to be the Archbishop of Canterbury and the head of the Church of England. And I didn't realize at the time that some friends of ours who you know very well called Bob and Mary Hopkins had spent time with Bishop and Archbishop Rowan in his diocese in Wales, helping him identify what we now call fresh expressions of church. So I had this meeting with him. I was a bishop in his diocese to helping lead his area. and. I told him what I was doing in the diocese, and then I said, now we're, we're writing this report, or we've written it, it's done now, but you're meant to write a forward to it. And he, uh, I explained, and his eyes lit up. He got it immediately. He'd mm. seen it in his own diocese, and he became the great champion and permission giver that it would be more than just a report to a sinner. And the, uh, that's... That's basically what's run my, my Christian life and ministry ever since. And, that, and of course, we, 20 years ago, we sat down to write this thing. And, and how it has grown. And, and I think that's one of the, I mean, as, as, we, as we think about um, the mission of God and these, the theological influences and streams yeah, yeah. that came about to, to sort of bring this about, I, I think people would be very interested to know uh, the um, the influence of Rowan Williams, the influence of Leslie Newbegin. And I, I yeah, think yeah. even, um, you know, from you and from others, I think the influence of uh, uh, John Wimber, even in mm. uh, some of the, the at least the early leaders of the of Fresh Expressions. Uh, certainly, I think all of us trying to engage our current Western context with the gospel, we stand on Bishop Leslie Newbigham's shoulders. I go back to his work again uh, and again. Uh, uh, John Wimber, personally, yes, in terms of the movement, less so. But there's two important things I learned from John. One was the kingdom is now and not yet. Uh, 
the kingdom breaking in as well as a future promise. And he got that from George Eldon Ladd at Fuller. Uh, uh, the other, he's the first person I ever met who taught about paradigms and worldviews and ways of seeing so you can't see, can't see other ways. So that, that, that was helpful in informing me. Uh, I mean, it's worth saying the most important theological insight underlying fresh expressions is this idea that mission is God's mission, that God is by character a missional God, uh, uh, that the self-giving love that is seen between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit overflows into the world in in creation and in the sending of the Son and the Spirit for redemption. And Rowan Williams' favorite definition of mission used to be seeing what God is doing and joining in. And he got that from an earlier Anglican mission leader called, called John B. Taylor. So mission stops being a task that God gives us and we report on how we've done or not and starts being a, a, a partnership with the Holy Spirit and Jesus leading his church from heaven uh, to continue to engage with the world. It becomes a spirituality more than a duty. Uh, and it means that the church is in its essence mission. Mission is not a task. It describes key aspects of the very character of the church itself. So in a sense, what we're trying to do with Fresh Expressions is be what we are. Follow the missionary spirit wherever the missionary spirit is, is going, recognizing that the spirit is, is as it were, the lead, lead mission of forums. Uh, I mean, there were some other influences. I mean, the, the, the South African missiologist David Bosch uh, writes significantly about about the mission of God. Uh, we, we talked about if it's the mission of God, it's incarnational, because the form that the mission of God took was the sending of the Son into the world as a human being in a particular culture, for to live and die and rise for the salvation of people of all cultures. And we drew on the Roman Catholics for that. There was a, a woman priest, a rural ministry specialist in our uh, uh, team writing called Sally Gaze, and she had done a thesis comparing Roman Catholic enculturation theology with St. Paul's missionary method and drew all sorts of connections. So we drew from that and said, you know, the, the incarnation is, absolutely unique. It is the great act of God in Christ without which there is no cross, there is no salvation. Uh, but it also models the way the message is to be communicated. This entering, as, uh, as it says in the, the, the message translation, you know, God enters the neighborhood. Uh, that, that's fresh expressions. And I suppose the, the other element, and I, I own up that I wrote good chunk of the theology chapter of Mission Church, uh, uh, not just what I learned from Wimber and Ladd, but uh, like the German theologian Jürgen Moltmann, that the, you know, the church is uh, an evidence of the, God's future breaking in uh, into the present. And uh, Newbigan also said that the church is a sign, an instrument, God uses it, and an actual foretaste of the future Jesus has won. But in some of his writings, he applies it to a particular place, so it's not just general. And I think the 
significant move. I mean, for me, Fresh Expressions is gospel and culture meets Anglican church planting and out comes something new. That's what happened to us and other denominations, of course, joined us. Uh, but I think the, the crucial change is gospel and culture was analyzing the general trends and patterns of Western culture. Fresh Expressions focus on the particular local context and say, how does the community of Jesus take shape here and the ministry of Jesus be continued here. And that's that, that's the, the sort of backstory and the key theological blanks. So let's let's unpack a little bit more about how a uh, a switch gets flipped in the life of a church. So so it sees itself as a foretaste of the kingdom. It sees itself as a God's mission. Do you have any any sort of s- stories or um, insights you can share? Yeah, I mean, for some of this stuff is completely surprising. Uh, uh, for me, there are, uh, let me say, models of church. Uh, we have about fifteen or sixteen regular ones popping up now in fresh expressions in the UK. I'm sure the Holy Spirit has more imagination up. Uh, uh, but models, your cafe church, your messy church, your dinner church, do not of themselves guarantee its mission. Right. They say that the gathering, uh, the things that make it missional are that it's, it's incarnational, there is an actual engagement with the situation that is there to seek to embody Jesus in the community there. And what I call prophetic, which is this business that you're 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 not just looking at your community and its needs and saying, what can we do? You're saying, Jesus, if you're going to make heaven and earth new, what would it look like here? And is that show us how can we be a foretaste of that? And then you're much more bringing the future into the present than looking at the needs and seeing how you can deal with them because they're, they're endless. Uh, the, so in a South Yorkshire, north of England town called Halifax, uh, is an extraordinary fresh expression called the Saturday Gathering. Uh, the initial leader of it will tell you it was planted entirely by accident, except that there wasn't a Holy Spirit accident. Uh, they'd got a lot of poverty, so they started a food bank, and I think they did some debt counseling and things like that. There's some very broken, some homeless, some very poor uh, families. Uh, and no one's quite sure how it happened, but the interest there was such that people started asking, why are you so kind to us? And it's because you're Christians, aren't you? And what we call the Fresh Expressions journey basically happened almost without anybody knowing it was the Fresh Expressions journey. And eventually out of that is a fresh, wonderful Fresh Expression of Church called the Saturday Gathering. Which is what it says on the tin. Uh, and I've done some training, you know, our training that I think you call Pioneer, we call, uh, uh, Mission Shape Ministry. So I, I go away to a conference center and there's a group from this part of Yorkshire doing, uh, some modules of Mission Shape Ministry. And a whole bunch of them are leaders of the Saturday gathering. 
and they are previously broken street people. They are not the folk mm. that you would think would be the leaders of absolutely anything. Nothing in their upbringing has told them they could lead, be respected, anything like that. And this has now become truly indigenous. It, there are still some people around who helped it to birth. Uh, but And I think you have two things there. I think you have a deep and profound engagement with the actual situation that was, and that's what I call incarnational. And you have the fact that uh, none of these people are going to be poor and neglected when we get to the new heaven and the earth. When Jesus makes everything new, they will have absolutely the same dignity in him as everyone else. And there in Halifax, it's happening now. That, that's, that's, the sort, that's the sort of thing I mean. And so talk to me about, okay, so you see these situations where um, people have a radical life change. They start leading, they're led in the power of the spirit, they're pioneering new things. But you've, you've told me several times over the years, Graham, that, that the default settings of church are so yeah. strong that these things often um, even though they get going, they they often don't get enough air uh, yeah, to yeah. survive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd certainly like to talk about default settings. I've actually been teaching and thinking about that more and more. It's not just structural; it's about the capture of our imagination, and often by something that's been good. You are used. You know, you say the word church. And your best memory of all the habits through the years of how you've had church come into your mind, which is wonderful if that church is still engaging with those who don't know Jesus, you know, and connected. If it's not, if it's much more a sort of Christendom pattern where it was attractional and you expected people to come to you, you're in trouble because your imagination stuck. If your imagination's stuck, your decisions about resources and permission and support and so on all get stuck. So uh, what I think three groups of people are needed to make to, to engage with this as a movement. You do need the pioneers. You do need the people who are willing to do something new for Jesus because they believe the Holy Spirit has led them and opening the way. And that it's not been done like that before doesn't worry them as long as they're sure. You know, it, it, it's true to being a disciple of Jesus and the Holy Spirit's leading. You need the permission givers because somebody's got to release the purse strings or say it's all right and you can lay down this responsibility because God called you to do that and you have a blessing. Uh, you also need what I call the diplomat. You need the people who are bilingual. They understand both languages. You know, they can talk respectfully with practitioners and sometimes explain why decisions of support and releasing of funds don't happen quite as quickly as it seems obvious to the pioneer that they should. Uh, but they talk also to the permission givers. So I, I talk theology to bishops, to supervisors, to, you know, colonels in the Salvation Army and, uh, <laughs> and all the others to, to, to interpret and let them get a handle on something. And, and you know, we have this wonderful thing we call mixed economy or mixed ecology. 
mm-hmm. which says we think God blesses traditional church. We think blessed traditional church can do even better than it does with its best now. We want lots of people to come to Jesus through traditional church, but we also want to do the new things. We want to see them as as it were, two parts of one whole, blessing and praying for one another. And the, the great advantage about that, if you're seeking to, to interpret to permission given, is you're not asking anybody necessarily to give up anything they love. You're saying, but we want your permission to do something new as well, to reach some people that what you love who can't reach by what you love. So the, there are some skills of leadership around this, which are not just down to, as it were, the pioneers and the practitioners, but to those who support them and to movements like Fresh Expressions US and in, in, in the UK and so on. So, so connect the, uh, the two. So the, the theological influence of Newbegin mm-hmm. and Moltmann and others, so yeah. it's trying to capture this yeah. imagination, mm-hmm. but then also the, the ingredients necessary, the supporters, the, the pioneers, the permission givers, um, it, it's this whole this tension in me as as one who's both planted fresh expressions of church and is I'm, I'm leading a church now that's kind of um, leaning into the the uh, blended ecology or mixed economy of church is um, when something gets just a little bit off <laughs> the new thing. Uh, it tends to be quickly under-resourced. Um, the new thing uh, can, again, like we just said, quickly defaults because the settings are so strong. So how do we, how do we retain? I mean, it's certainly, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual uh, situation, a discipleship situation, but how do we sort of retain this, this deep imaginative sense? How do we keep the church moving forward uh, into God's mission? I think the answer lies in habit. I think, I think, uh, it struck me recently that Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And before they knew really what church was going to look like, they had the apostles teaching the breaking of bread, the fellowship and the prayers and discipline came in. But it occurred to me that for the core of that group, that was their second lot of sustaining their Christian faith habit, because that had, that had three years on the road with Jesus. And they've got into the habit that everywhere they went, good news was brought. They've got into the mm. habit that barriers of culture and difference and people excluded are crossed, because that's what Jesus does, and they went with him. They got into the habit of what I call slow walking, that I, w- I was on a pilgrimage to Israel recently postponed for a couple of years because of COVID. And it suddenly struck me how far Jesus walked. Yes. Caesarea Philippi down to Jericho is a long way on foot. It's a long way. Uh, And though there was an urgency and he would say, we've got to go to the next town, to the next town, he also was profoundly interrupted. Uh, His attention to people, story after story after story, when he, he gives attention to someone. He knows someone has touched him. He delays going here because he's got to do that there. Now, you start introducing all of your people to missional habit. Uh, I, I think the, there's others as well, but let me just put those three out for the moment. Uh, 
uh, I'm saying to our Anglican churches at the moment, we, you know, we read a gospel story every time we have communion. It's from many churches is every week. So I'm saying, immerse yourself in the gospels. Uh, what I want is a default setting is that church is not primarily a gathering. Church is a community of disciples on mission with Jesus, which of course gather. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I think it's teaching, it's encouragement, but above, it's not just uh, default settings. Don't change through new information; they change through habits that make different default settings seem visible. So, so I think you, as a pastor, have, as it were, a long-term job to introduce the sort of missional habits that mean that people get it when they didn't get it before. And when they get it, they'll be more willing to support it, the resource things follow and so on. So I, I, I think my, my fear is we end up with a whole load of fresh expressions that started well and just become the latest version of attractional church, mainly concerned with themselves and anybody else will come. Uh, the way to avoid that is the developing of of biblical Holy Spirit anointed habits that not only change what you do, but change the way you see. And getting those habits embedded over the long haul takes yep. a long time yep, it uh, because it, you know, this movement is still so new. Yep. Uh, even if you hear it three or four, for three or four or five years, if you've got yep. a lifetime of experience in yep. doing, not realizing that the church is a sign and a wonder or the foretaste of a kingdom, then you just quickly go back to serving cookies and punch. Yep. And, um, you know, it, it, and it's and it's wonderful, but it, it I, I love service. I love the fact that uh, the the church um, is a service oriented uh, organization, but uh, service without deep development of community coming alongside yeah, others yeah. is uh, as detrimental yeah. to the mission because then once again we become turned in on ourselves. So I, I'm I'm well, looking can, can at I, can I, yeah yeah. Can, let, let let me come in that this this because it's the long haul. There's something else that permission givers and leaders who do get it need to do, and that is defend and interpret for the pioneer. You can't wait till everybody's got some missional habits before anything happens or nothing's going to happen. Uh, I always remember Rowan saying to me, now one, first, one minister in my diocese uh, caused me more trouble than all the rest put together. He had a brilliant ability to relate to people totally outside the church. It was very effective, but he didn't have the ability to explain to more traditional ministers what he was doing. Uh, I got loads of complaints. He said, uh, uh, I never regretted appointing him for one minute. And I learned more about what it means to be a bishop, to be an overseer, standing with him than anything else during my time uh, in the dice. So we need to champion people. Uh, the, the, the best pioneers aren't gonna, can't explain why they do what they do. It is self-evident to them. It's what they're meant to be doing. Right. <laughs> and some of us need to be the interpreters. But uh, as you build the missional vision, the missional habits and culture and uh, default setting, uh, you know, uh, pr protect and support the ones doing the new thing. 
and and I think resource them. Uh, even yeah. you, know, you commit yeah. a a a portion of your church budget yep. uh, to uh, funding and sustaining. Of yeah. folks doing pioneering ministry because often the most creative are the most under-resourced because they don't know how to explain what they feel yeah. in their spirit. Yeah. And there's a there's a disconnect. And so, yeah. you know, what even also happens, and this is a challenge, say if you were in a, you know, you were a bishop and you were supporting pioneers, well, then you get moved to a new spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that the translation agent goes away. So then you, you've yeah. got to embed this across, yeah. uh, you know, the whole yeah. uh, church. Yeah. Yeah, some practitioners need, if at all possible, to be in some sort of learning community with fellow practitioners. So they're learning from other contexts and they don't feel alone. Uh, uh, that's crucial. Uh, also, in the, shall we say, the traditional, the longstanding congregation, Look out for the ones who are respected and who get it early. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, people will have heard of Holy Trinity Brompton because Alpha, of course, came from there. And when the previous vicar, Sandy Miller, became the vicar, he made some quite big changes early. And he said, now the trouble with being a vicar where I am in London is everybody in your congregation is used to being in charge of everything that they do. So, so I got summoned. And I got someone to have tea with uh, the man who, until a few days before, had been Her Majesty's ambassador, the Queen's ambassador to Sweden, who said, what is all this change? And Sandy said, uh, when did you last see a young person in our church? And the very senior diplomat with all sorts of letters after his name said, and what else do we have to do? Mm. So look out, look out for ambassadors to Sweden. <laughs> look look yes. out for the ones who, who get it and, and who are listened to by their friends and neighbors and colleagues. Yes, there are pe- persons of peace within the church. It's not just a, yeah, out right. there on mission. There, it's right. the, the same people in the church unlock it. So yeah. have a, we've got to have a, an internal missiological strategy just like we have an external one um and address address people's concerns about the next generation Uh, uh, when i was made the bishop of maidstone jackie and i moved into the house that goes with the job which was in a, a large village several thousand people and it had a very strong women's gathering you had to be 80 to be a real mover and shaker in the women's gathering but uh so we found ourselves in a room packed with very intelligent old ladies uh, wanting to meet the new bishop. And we uh, told a bit of our story, and it was all very nice, very, very English cup of tea. And uh, this voice came from the back, Bishop. And I thought, I'm in trouble. Bishop, <laughs> none of our grandchildren go to church. Do you think they would go to a church like ours? Now, I knew the answer was no. Uh, and I looked at my wife and she looked at me and we said, you know, we only just arrived here. Make friends, tell the truth, make friends, don't you? And I gulped and said, no, I don't think they would. Long pause. Neither do we. What do you think we can do? Mm-hmm. It took, t- took two years, but we had a young family's cafe church two years later in that very room where Suddenly, they didn't. They wanted traditional church. They were really sad that their grandchildren didn't want traditional church. 
But when push came to shove, they wanted their children to know Jesus and to have some form of church, even if it wasn't the sort that, that they wanted. So sometimes you'll get permission from that sort of recognition as well. Absolutely. Uh, any, it's it's hard to ask this question because it's you know you don't want to put a, a zinger in 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 here. But the challenge, biggest challenge of the church uh, in our time, what do you think it is? In my mind, there's two. Uh, the culture one is the speed of change is so fast. Yes, you're talking about engaging with the way the world is. Well, it doesn't stand still, and. Uh, Lots of us have had decades and centuries of Christendom assumptions about church, which is all very stable and so on. And we, we do need to be deeply rooted in Christ, but uh, that doesn't mean the forms of church have got to stay the same. So I, I think even more gifts, even more, the, the capacity that people doing fresh expressions need more than anything else is discernment. Where is the Holy Spirit at work? What are we called to do? Equally important, what are we not called to do? Then there might be an opportunity. Uh, so it's engaging with rapid, increasingly fast change and what I call discontinuous change as well. Uh, that's the one about the context. The concern I have most about the church is the quality of discipleship. Uh, I, I remember Dallas Willard writing a book called The Great Omission. Uh, he said the great omission from the Great Commission is the making of disciples of people who, who actually look more and more like Jesus. Uh, so I, I think Western culture is powerfully seductive. I think it makes disciples for its cause better than most churches make disciples for theirs. And if the people Planting fresh expressions aren't people who look, who look sufficiently different because they've met Jesus. They don't look like disciples. They look like people who like a bit of religion on top of their other consumer choices. Uh, uh, we are done, really. So it's this combination of the context doesn't stand still uh, and the call to be deeply rooted in Christ. I think two things are needed. One is resilience, that through our patterns and habits of discipleship, which, which must be one anothering ones, not just private spirituality, as it 32 times in Paul's letters, one another comes. And so you can't do this without other Christians who want to do it too. Uh, but we also need that by being rooted, that deep flexibility that we can respond to the Spirit quickly. Uh, and, and because of the, the speed of change in our society. So I, I look for resilience and flexibility through rootedness in Christ and attention to the Spirit. And so in that, I'm, one of the hallmarks of the Fresh Expressions movement, and, and I think how it shapes mission and discipleship, is the, uh, we use the word ecumenical, but but that really yeah. means the the... Um, cross-pollination that we've seen between all of the streams and all of the yeah. traditions in the church. And the Church of England is, a, is, is unique. I mean, the, the cross-pollination there that, that, say, you represent, at least for me, of, of one that was influenced by, 
Rowan Williams and Leslie Newbigin and John Wimber. That's an interesting mix of, you know, if, if you're listening, Google those three people and you'll see uh, what I'm, what I mean. Um, but h- how do you think those, all the streams coming together to influence the development of fresh expressions of church as it relates to the mission of God are essential for, uh, say, discipleship and, and longevity of the yeah. movement? Well, I think if, if, Fresh expressions is a charism, a gift of the spirit for our times, and I, I do believe it is. Then uh, there's something fundamental about that gift, about being being ecumenical, being relational, uh, breaking across the barriers between denominations. Uh, I, I think that's fundamental to it. Uh, so we had. Uh, International conference in Cape Town. Uh, our German friends sent a uh, Roman Catholic uh, lay theologian, a woman, and a woman pres- pro- uh, pastor, Lutheran, uh, close friends. And we asked them, you know, you know, what were you planting fresh expressions? They said, well, particularly with Eritrean refugees. And we said, that's great. Are these fresh expressions Protestant or Catholic? Oh, both they said. How's that? We said because we told them they had to be. They said it was self-evident that somehow yeah. they had to be together. It's more complicated than that, but it had to yes. be together uh, uh, to see the the churches that were on the opposite side ideologically to apartheid in South Africa working together to plant fresh expressions of church. Absolute joy. Uh, you know, this has broken down some very significant barriers. Someone described it to me yesterday as the hidden success, the hidden ecumenical success story of our time. Uh, I think it happens. I mean, we, we have a principle that if we have a group writing a report for our synod, there's always an ecumenical guest in there. So the head of church planting for the Methodist church was help write Mission Shape Church. So as soon as Archbishop Rowan says, we need a team for this, the General Secretary of the Methodist Church of England and Wales goes to see him and say, we'd like to play. And mm-hmm. Rowan says, I'm sure you can. So we were Anglican Methodists from the beginning, and then other people started saying, this is interesting. So United Reformed, that's Presbyterian and Congregational, Church of Scotland, Salvation Army uh, in South Africa, uh, Reformed, Anglican, and Vineyard. Together, mm-hmm. it, 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 and what what I realised was when these guys who were going to head it up met one another, they recognised the same call in one another. All these South African guys were uh, were missional with a longing to church plant, and that in common was more important than some rather painful histories and some different mm-hmm. ecclesiologies. So we've partnered together in the mission of God, and it just. A, it means all the potential riches come in. You know, everybody, everybody's gifts are available to everybody. That's wonderful. Yes. There's a richness in partnership. And, and the, the divisions in the church are amongst the great obstacles for the gospel. And there's a, a significant way in which they are in, in places are broken down as well. It, it's been part of the sheer joy of it all. With that, I want to thank you for uh, your time, your insights, um, the imaginative 
a potential of uh, a church as a sign and a wonder, of a, as a foretaste of the kingdom that is uh, filled with with great permission to go out into the frontier. Uh, that is uh, that is um, drinking deeply from the whole well of of church tradition and experience. And that's that's what we see, mm-hmm. uh, but we see it for the long haul uh, as we de- develop deep habits as we are formed as a people. And so, um, you know, I think the encouragement here for all of us is not to give up and not to lose heart, uh, but to keep, to keep at it as you have, uh, for so, so many years. So I used to say we have caught, we seem to have caught a wave of the spirit. We didn't know we were going to, we thought we were writing a report. (laughs) Central to my job description was simple. Don't fall off. Ah, <laughs> stay in the t- which which requires us to stay in the tension. Um, yeah. It requires a really yeah. strong. If we're if we're really going to work work the surfing analogy, we've got to have a really strong core. Uh, we've got to be able to bend our knees um, and um, and maintain focus, and you know, stay with the spirit. So, uh, Bishop Graham Cray, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is the Fresh Expressions podcast. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we eat, play, work, and yes, even in our traditional churches. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressionsus.org backslash how to start. The Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by Gannon Sims and me, Heather Delod. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you've learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that God's ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations.